Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How many fish in our stringer? How many points on our buck? How many feathers in our bag? That's how we keep score around here. Sportsmen and women of all skill levels. Let's disconnect from the day-to-day grind and stay connected to the outdoor activities that you and your family love. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. Off we go. I just boggled Chris Little's mind with something I'm not even going to bore all of you with. I might send that up to a couple of people. Very interesting. We went through a host of random facts, fun things to know and tell, conversate. Well, what are we, five seconds in and I've already messed up? A minute in. Conversation starters. Conversation starters, he said correctly. And I have a few more that I'll get to throughout the show. Some things good, some things more interesting than others. But hey, if if it gets a little quiet, if the game gets a little out of control and people are getting restless and bored wherever you're partying this afternoon and this evening, you could drop one of these on them. They're not they're not game changers. They're not life well, one actually is a lifesaver. As a matter of fact, Stanford University has been working on a couple of ways to fight cancer. And one of those ways, what essentially what they are, I did a little more research since yesterday, and what they do essentially is ramp up and supercharge your immune system so that it fires out more T-cells to go fight these tumors that might be growing in your body. Uh, and someday you can use these for there actually there are two products they're working on one has already been approved for humans and i guess they're waiting to find somebody to to make it the other is still being tested but the bottom line is what they do is they go out and destroy this tumor and then in secondary positive effect will leave that vacancy and go find other tumors in the body that weren't initially targeted, and they'll go destroy those as well. So, fingers crossed for those of us who are getting a little older, and, and or, well, you don't have to be old, as I mentioned yesterday. I, I was reminded of that when I made my visit over to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital uh, back in the fall. It's a pretty fascinating place, that is. And I think that what's going on at Stanford will be well-received by the researchers also at St. Jude's and at any other hospital that deals with cancer, which I think is about most of them, if not all, in these United States. Pretty nasty stuff. It's what finally got my mom. And um, I know a lot of people who have, have dealt with various and sundry cancers. But not to, not to 
lose sight of where we are and what we could be doing today. I looked out this morning hoping to see, it's uh, kind of uh, like a child hoping to see snow during the school year. Even though you know you can't go play in the snow, I was kind of hoping to see a little more fog this morning than I did. Chris Little, you said there was a pretty good amount where you came from. Was there fog? Uh, there was there was lots of fog. Visibility was probably, uh, I'd I'd say it was about seventy five yards. That's it. Seventy five real yards. You couldn't see farther than that. That's pretty good. That's, I, that's, I, I, I come mean, up that's some back foggy. roads. So yeah, that's that fog's a little thicker. That's pretty dense fog. No, I'm I'm in Sugarland, and we don't really get dense fog that often. I've seen it where you couldn't see three houses down the street. And that was pretty thick. I had, boy, back when I guided waterfowl hunts, did I ever see some fog. Man, there were times, there were a couple of hunts that I recall, and this may not have been the smartest ideas we ever had, but we launched a caravan from Katy to go hunt in Sealy because I knew doggone well how good a day we were going to have if we could get there, south of Sealy, actually. And we left Katy. And had to drive about 15, maybe 18 miles an hour on I-10 all the way to Sealy. And then go south from Sealy to, I think it's, I can't remember the number. Hold on. Sneeze Patrol. Stand by. I spared you the worst of it. Man, I don't know what it is in this. It's got to be dust, wouldn't you think, Little? It has to be just dust. And it gets stirred up when I come in here and start moving around and talking with my hands and just generally trying to tell stories the only way I know how. I mean, I know we got a cleaning guy that comes in at night. You know it or you assume it? No, no, no. I've seen him. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Tell him to do a little better. Just dust a little more. You know, the thing is they, they, they may come in here and actually dust, but all dusting does is stir the dust. And if you don't have a, a vigorous air exchange where the, the dusty air is being sucked out and replaced by cleaner air after it's filtered, then all you're doing is just you lift it off the ground and then it comes back down right back to the same place as it was. So back to Katie. We're on our way to Katie. We've left or we're on our way to Sealy. Actually, we're on our way toward Eagle Lake 20, 2014 maybe. Is that the road that's just south of Sealy and little... Highway that goes out to Eagle Lake. I think that's it. 2014, I, I believe. So we get onto I-10 just outside Katy, maybe at Peterson Road. I don't remember where we cut over. And the fog is so thick. Now, bear in mind, I've got three vehicles behind mine, and I've got a, a helper guide, a rookie, riding shotgun with me. My job is to try as best I can to see the the broken line that is between the right lane and the center lane on I-10. His job is to keep me on the highway by watching the solid white line on the right side. And the three guys behind me, their job is just to stay behind me and try to keep seeing my light, my taillights on my truck. I'm not kidding you. I had to open my door... And look straight down to see the painted stripes. Then you just you go another 20, 30 feet. Oh, please, please, please. There's another stripe. Thank goodness we're still going straight. It took us almost an hour. Almost an hour just to get from, from Katy to 
to Sealy. And it was forever, buddy. It was forever. We finally got down there, still thick down there as well, and got a spread set out. And it it didn't seem like anything was going to move. Birds, uh, they can't see off the ground even a little farther. It was harder for them to see. They can't navigate because they don't they don't know where the ground is once they get up 40, 50 feet off the ground in a really, really thick fog. And it took a long time for them to finally move, but when that stuff started to break up, those birds were hungry, and they liked where we were. I knew they would. That was one of those, I don't know, 40, 50 bird mornings, and just not even trying hard. They just wanted in that field. I had another hunt where I uh, had some guys north of Katy, nah, about not quite as high as 529. And we, we pulled into the field. And I had been, I'd hunted this field 15 times that year, probably already in different parts of it. Knew it like the back of my hand. Felt pretty good about it. We pulled in, stopped at a little pipe stand out there, an old wellhead, parked. And I said, okay, we're going to walk about 200 yards out in this field. We're going to set up. The birds are going to come from that direction. This is this, and that's that. Flashlight's useless. There, there's no, you can't see the hand in front of your face hardly because of the fog. So just follow me. I know this field. Don't worry. So everybody follows me. We walked about, I guess, probably 10 minutes, 12 minutes, somewhere in there. Major took it nice and slow, messy, flooded rice field. We get out to where I want to hunt. We set up. We get settled. Here come the birds. Oh, this is great. Boy, here they come. And they're, well, we can see about. Uh, on the ground, you can see maybe 50 yards. Straight up, you can see just shotgun range, right? 30, 35 yards. We shoot and shoot, and and as it starts to clear, I notice that the birds are flaring a little bit. I'm thinking, hey, there's something in the spread they don't like. I don't know what it could be, but we'll work with it. And we're still getting some shots. A lot of birds are flaring now, and I can't figure out why because I know the setup's good. I, I just know it. And then a bird that either I don't remember whether it was wounded or it was just trying to get out the back of the spread and I turned around to shoot or something. I looked behind us and I had walked in a big, big circle. And we had our spread set up about maybe sixty yards from where we'd parked all the cars. <laughs> so that kind of explains it. And this one guy goes, You think we ought to move the spread? I thought, well, we've got about eight hundred decoys out here rags and and full bodies and all these things or what do you say how about we just go move three cars that'll be a lot faster and we did we ran over moved the cars about 200 yards down the road came back out into the fog and proceeded to just wear them out they were very comfy coming back into that spot when there was nobody nobody parked right behind i'm glad early on when it was really foggy that I hadn't just whipped around and tried to hit some low bird passing through there because I'd have raked windows and and doors and hoods and headlights and everything else with steel shot. That would have been pretty bad. 713-212-5790. Anybody got a good fog story they want to tell? Man, how many times have you been turned around in the fog on the bay? If it wasn't for GPS, there's boy, there'd be a lot more. There'd be people still lost. On our bay systems around here, they get so foggy. The lakes get foggy as well. It's a real, it's a very humbling feeling. It's kind of like the first time you go offshore far enough to where you can look around in all directions and only see water. 
It's just the opposite when you're in dense fog. You can look around in all directions knowing full well that you're, you should be able to see a whole lot of things and you can't see anything. You can't see anything. It'll wake you up, make you kind of realize how insignificant we are out there. And if anything goes wrong when you're out on a foggy morning, you don't even know which way to run. You don't know where to hide, which way to run. Man, I heard some coyotes coming my way in the fog once, and there was just nothing I could do. I didn't know how close they were going to get. And, of course, everything's magnified. All the sounds are magnified in the fog because it's essentially a a, a wall of moisture, and it traps. It just traps everything. I'm going to take that story before we go to break. Hey, Mike, what's up, man? Hey, Doug. Uh, yeah, yeah, the road... The road you're talking about is 3013. Oh, yes, you're exactly right. I, I yeah, had a 20 we, in there. We, we both went on that I road. I know who this is. Yeah, Mike, really? But, uh, anyway, I got I got a couple real quick. A bunch of us guides headed down to uh, Egypt. I know where the, that is. Oh, man, that was a drive. Yeah. And uh, our old buddy Pat Lester was with <laughs> us, Richard. I hope he's listening. And uh, there's a bunch of us guides, and... Uh, we we it was white goose only, and we tore them up. And uh, Pat actually got on way to one edge of the spread, and actually limited on cranes himself. Oh and, wow! And they just came right down. But another one, real quick. You were telling that about looping around. Oh God! Our old buddy Vernon Baker. <laughs> <laughs> I got lost in the fog too. Just about all of us did. Yeah, of course. One. Well, Vernon said that they pulled up somewhere, and it was a great feeding field, and he headed these guys out on this long march, this 300, he said 300, 350-yard march. Oh, yeah, God. And they did it and did it. (laughs) They walked and walked. So they put out 800,000 decoys like we all did. And he he said when the fog lifted, he said we were not 50 yards from our vehicle of course man you just walk in a big giant circle it was so embarrassing too these guys kind of looked at me like you sure you know what you're doing and then i got off the hook because that one guy said why don't we move the spread I yeah said, look around man it took us yeah. 45 minutes to put this thing out <laughs> oh that's yeah. just okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no move the spirit now we'll move three vehicles i know mike cavett our old buddy mike cavett uh, got in the wrong field one day, and it yeah. was uh, it wasn't ours. It was the uh, the guide from uh, Eagle Lake. Oh gosh! And uh, but he was real cool about it. Yeah, he yeah. Just came up on Mike, and he said, "Just tell Larry what happened." And and uh, I got in the wrong field myself one time. I mm. got in the adjacent field, but luckily they were both ours. So thank goodness. I just didn't get the the geese. <laughs> it was oh, I can't remember who it was. But, uh, well, Pat one time uh, ended up hunting 
right next to me, we were going to hunt this one big field. Bird, well, Big Bean, you remember where that was. Yeah. And these birds were going to come out of the roost and go west, and it was going to be great, man. And we had two good ditch hunts lined up, you know, little spreads behind the ditch, and we'd pick them off coming out of the roost. And we had planned to be about 300 yards apart. It was a big field. That was a, what was it, a whole section almost, I think. Almost, yeah. And we planned to be a, a whole a good 300 yards apart. We get down there, dense, dense fog. We set up. Everything's ready to go. And when my guys got in the ditch and his guys got in the ditch, this one guy goes, hey, Doug, there's a guy almost right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> we were just one big line, man. Yeah. We both kind of cheated down to where the real main – you know the the main wave of birds was going to come out, yeah. and three hundred yards turned into about thirty. We just joined everybody together and wailed on them. Guy, right, hey, good. I got to take a break, Mike. Dad, gummit, okay, man, brother. it's fun talking to you, bud. You too, man. Talk good to, to you hear later. from you, Mike. Bye-bye. Adios. All right, we got to do this. We're going to take a little break here, David. You're first up when we get back. Tell me your fog story, boy. If you got one from the water too, I, I know a ton of waterfowl stories. You got one from the water? I want to hear that as well. Belleville Meat Market. You can find your way out there today. It's about 15 minutes north of Sealy, 15 minutes south of Hempstead on Highway 36. And if you get there, you'll find a lot of great things to throw in the car, throw in the truck, throw in the minivan, bring back to your big game party this afternoon if you'd like. You've got jalapenos, big giant jalapeno peppers, and delicious little mushroom caps stuffed with cheese, wrapped with bacon. You've got those handmade tamales out there. You've got two dozen-plus flavors of premium sausage. And, hey, if you're a pig hunter or you've got an exotic in the back of the truck on the way back from lease right now, stop by Belleville and drop it off. The processing building is open year-round. Happy to process that game for you. Send it back to you in a few days, vacuum-sealed in heavy-gauge plastic, so it'll last for a long, long time. If you do get out there today, reward yourself for making the drive with a plate of their delicious home well not homemade make it right there though not at home they make it at belleville meat market award-winning pecan smoke barbecue and don't forget if you've got the big old cook-off coming up and you need something to wow your guests while your your team is working on their secret concoction back in the back pick up a couple hundred pounds of that sausage from out there at belleville that is absolutely drop dead delicious your guests will be happy the whole the whole booth the whole area of yours will be thrilled to death with Belleville Meat Market Sausage. That'll take their take their attention while you work on that award winner, that big old first prize blue ribbon brisket or whatever. Hey, get your meat while you're out there, too. That's the best you're going to find anywhere. BellevilleMeatMarket.com, that's the website. Check them out there. Get what you need. BellevilleMeatMarket.com. Quick break. We'll be right back. This is Sports Talk 790, the Houston sports fan on air and on Facebook. Make contact. Back to the Doug Pike Show. I believe that's the original. Interesting. That's going to be confusing. All right, 713-212-5790. David's been holding since goose season started. What's up, man? Hey, Mr. Duck. Hey, yeah, back in the day, we'd be out there working on some of the high-rises out there in Katy. Oh, man. Or, uh, or Sugar Land, and you're, no windows in the building. 
and you know the fog would come rolling in. Sure. And then you know there's no windows in there. You can walk to the edge. You know, stay away Holy from the handrail. Holy cow! And you can't see the ground, but then all of a sudden you you heard the geese and stuff flying over you. Oh wow, man! You know, and hey, that's a whole nother sport, I guess. Goose hunting from a high rise. Tower know, but, tower blinds, man. <laughs> Put a big old but, tower up there about 30 yards up, and you could pop geese. Well, you're on out. the 20th floor. I oh, mean, you were oh you, you were know, up that high? Yeah. Holy cow, you could look down and hit them. Yeah, that's what you Oh, well, my gosh. I, you know, and, I, and, that, and, then, and that's honest God truth right there. I'm telling you, it was, it was pretty cool, but it's kind of weird because you can't see anything down yeah. in the parking lot or nothing. You know, oh, man. Yeah, but get I, a little queasy. I got a, I got a question. You know what? Since it froze uh, so so much and everything, I hadn't seen a lot of fleas on my dogs. Good. Um, what's what's the which is good, and sure. I haven't seen a lot of roaches running around either. Uh, good. But what do you think? Uh, what's what's your be- best recommendation when it starts getting hot again to put on my dogs for for the fleas? Man, you know. It's been a long time since I've had to deal with that. I will defer either to somebody in this audience or just your veterinarian. Call them or check online. Get some get some feedback from somebody who's running a dog right now. I am dog-free at this point, so yes, I'd be lying okay. to you well, if no, I told no, you. That's okay. Nah, hey, I'm not going to pull your leg. happy not to see him scratching a whole lot. And yeah, you can move to Minnesota. Hey, man, well, I appreciate it, and, and thanks a lot, man. Sure, David. Uh, thanks, thanks so much. That's a cool story. Hold on. Right. Yeah, man. 20th floor in the fog no windows that'd be kind of weird just stand there on the edge and listen to the geese come flying by try to figure out how close they are what's the best way to keep those fleas off that dog once it gets a little warmer collars still work pretty well i wouldn't think so i don't know why not i don't know how how medically tricky i'd want to get with my dog i think a a collar would help i i'm sure there are some better remedies now though than back when i was um back when i was hunting with my dog he didn't have too much flea problem though kept it all ah we'll find out what's going on here is that harvey i can't see because the little arrows on there huh wham harvey what do we do what do we do what do we do to keep those fleas out all right it's called t-r-i f-e-x-i-x XIS, as in Sierra. Okay. Trifexis. I've been using that for about 10 years on my dog, and I've had three of them since then. Wow. How is it uh, used? There's uh, two dogs on my left, two dogs on my right, and those are, I should have fleas crawling over. Yeah, holy cow. But uh, here's the deal. You go to your vet, and when you get your your shot, they're going to ask you, you know, these heartworm pills. Oh, yeah. Got to have those. stuff. Is a combination of the heartworm pills and a flea deterrent. Oh, and I okay. have no idea how it works, but it works once. You will Who not cares? have a flea in your yard, your wow. house, your dog, ever. You don't have to do anything. Nothing. Wow. You just enjoy having a dog again. Just one time a month, you give them this pill, yeah. and that's it. Does your dog have any trouble taking the pills? Mine used to be kind of picky about it. I had to wrap it yes, in sir. cheese. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's called uh, it's called G R E E N I E S Greenies. It's called Greenies Pill Pockets. Oh. And they're little, uh, about the size of those stoppers you put on the bottom of a, of a, of a chair to keep yeah. it from scratching the floor. Sure. It's got a hole in it, and you stick the pill in there, and then you squeeze the stuff. What it is is beef, chicken, oh, or nice. whatever flavor. And when that dog smells it, you know, it's, it's closed oh, up. Oh, yeah. And it's a, like a pocket, and you, and you close the end of it up when you sure. get that pill in there. Or 
what I do is cut the pill in half and then give them two of them. So I used go. to just wrap mine in a slice of American cheese. He'd suck that right I, down before he knew it. My dog done figured that out. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> Nibble the cheese off the pill? She sees spit that, it back out? Pill, oh, no. She <laughs> sees that cheese and no, no. Don't Just even try run. that crap. <laughs> it's got to where I can't even handle the the pill pocket after, oh, I've, cut wow. the che- after I've cut the pill. Oh, I have to cut the God. pill in half. And then take a pair of tweezers. And oh, put come on, man. I'm serious. That dog, when I've touched that pill pocket, if I've touched that, that, that pill pocket with that pill. Oh, my gosh. All right, anyway, Harvey. The, the man will be, uh, he will he will be in heaven because uh, those pills work 100%. They will be gone. Right. Trifexus. Okay. Thank you, Harvey. I appreciate it, man. Have a good day. Yes, sir. sir. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What's up, Tim? Hey, man. I'm great, man. What can I do for you? Hey. You know, just another story. How smart whitetail deer are. Um, I've been I've been feeding cows in this pasture for you know all year, all winter long. All right. Yeah. Could never, never even get close. Neither could the hunters of seeing this big, big, huge ten point. And he'll just set out and look at me now as I'm you know <laughs> as I'm as I'm you know as I'm rolling by you know you know you know listening to you on my phone and spreading out cake. And yeah, during the season, you would you, you would never get a clean shot at him. Of course, of course. I, I tell you what, there's a lot of truth to that. Some people don't believe that these deer are that smart. They don't live that long. They can't learn that much that quick. Yeah, they can. Oh, uh, they this, can. This, this guy proves it. For about, they've been trying to kill him for four years. Wow. And I always I always carry my gun when I'm feeding the cattle. And you know, Dad doesn't want me to you know shoot the hunters here. But, you know, I was going to take him if I ever got a shot. <laughs> never, never got a clean shot. But as soon as the season's over, you know, people, you know, he just like the dang cows. He'd come out and he'd cake out of your hands oh, if he wow. could. Oh, wow. Hey, thank was, you, Tim. It, it, was, it was so foggy this morning, I almost met the same pasture twice. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take I'll care, see you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, deer smart. Deer smart. I'll tell you about a deer that I used to watch uh, when we get back from this break. Fishing Tackle Unlimited Shimano still the best fishing partners you can have, and even better, as more and more Shimano gear arrives at each of the three Fishing Tackle Unlimited locations. All good stuff, too. It's been tested and retested, tested some more. Everything from every other manufacturer makes anything we need for fishing in Texas as well. That would include kayaks, paddleboards, sunglasses, foul weather gear, fair weather gear. Big lures, little lures, fly fishing. Love their fly fishing assortments. They got great fly tackle at FTU and people who can help you learn to use it if you need that help. Fishing Tackle Unlimited has three locations. I-45 south at Fuquay, I-10 between Beltway 8 and Gessner, and my home store, 59 south at Sugar Creek Boulevard. Fishing Tackle Unlimited Shimano, still the best fishing partners you can have. Quick break, we'll be right back.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports, where you go with an iHeartRadio. Now, now, get more Doug. Chris Little's thrown down the gauntlet. I think so far it's going to be songs that I've never heard that particular uh, that particular playing of that particular arrangement. So what is this? Uh, this is Santana. Anywhere you want to go. Okay, anywhere you want to go. Okay. Okay, I've got my notes on that one. I'll move on from there. Thank you, Chris Little, for confusing the heck out of me. I'll, well, I mean, if, I'll if figure you got, it out. If you got all these uh, people emailing you, telling you the the right year, oh, that, boy, that's yeah. no fun. So I got to try and stump everybody. It was now. fun for me. It was fun for me because you couldn't figure out how in the heck I knew. That was great fun for me and for the people who were who were cluing me in. We'll figure it out. Dennis weighed in during the break. 
said there are numerous flea drops on the market that work great now. Just apply to the scruff of the neck once a month. Him or the dog? Who's who's neck? Put it on your little dab behind my ear. If I'm having trouble with fleas, I put a little bit of that on my my neck. If you're having trouble with fleas, I, I think you just need to take a good shower. That wouldn't hurt. What, what are they going to drown them? Just hose me off in the yard. If I if I ever get to the point where I'm having trouble with fleas, I'm going to have a lot more trouble than that. That's going to probably be the least of my worries at that point. Well, they don't have much hair to you know hide on on a human. That's true. Only one time did did fleas ever get in the house and dog brought him home. He'd been I don't know, he must have picked him up from another dog out on a prairie or something like that. They got in the house and that was this has been 30 years ago. And man, what a nightmare that was trying to get rid of those little beasts. They were everywhere. They were, it wasn't horrible, but you you'd sit down and and then all of a sudden there'd be one on you. I'm like, doggone it. You grab that one and kill it if you could. They jump. They could jump over the Eiffel Tower, you know. They can. Did you know that? You can jump right over the Eiffel Tower from a standing start. Amazing little animals. And then I would I so I'd catch one and kill it and think good that's the end of that and for an hour maybe not deal with another one but then you'd maybe sit down so there were there were just enough in there to be a nuisance a total bothersome nuisance huh damn weighed in on my sneezing in here he suggests a swiffer the trouble with a swiffer as with any other cleaning product that is available around here is that so few people on this floor and on this floor, there are seven radio stations broadcasting. There are so few, few people on this floor who will actually use cleaning products to the benefit of all others. They just presume that someone else is going to do it and therefore never do it. I, on the other hand, have no problem grabbing one of those Clorox disinfecting wipes behind me and smearing it all over the keyboard, the mouse, the phone bank, the monitors everywhere should just hang one of those around my neck you think that would work wear uh, like a bib like maybe, a dentist bib probably not but no, i know exactly what you mean i wipe mm. down all three of my keyboards and mice and the the soundboard when i walk in you do that every day oh yeah it's a smart idea. see i haven't done it this morning and lord knows who was it well i think ross was in here ross pretty good guy well, I, like when I was when sick. I was hired on, they were telling me he's like, yeah, you know, board ops, you know, get sick because you know no one wipes stuff down; it just gets passed from oh, person to person. No, I was like, so I nasty. don't think so. No, it's not going to get passed from anybody to you, right? No way. I, I went into uh, HEB last night to grab a couple of things, and holy cow, there was a woman there with her. her she looked to be probably I don't know forty five, fifty somewhere in there, uh, and just a you know just an average. Average woman who lives in Sugarland with her son. Her son's probably 16, 17, maybe 18 years old. And they're shopping. And she is just the poster child for I've got a nasty cold or maybe the flu. She's got a handful of Kleenex in one hand. And she has got the reddest nose and eyes. Bless her heart. She just was miserable. You can just look at her. And tell she did not want to be out of the house. There, I don't know why she had to go to the grocery store, but she should have been home in bed. And there she was in the frozen food section, just totally infecting this cart, man. Totally. And I I held my nose and held my breath and 
Kind of went flying by, went skirting around him on two wheels and got out of there. So far, so good. Knock on wood, man. Got to be careful. Got to be very, very careful out there. Out there in the big city, there's a lot of sick people. So what, five and a half, six million people in the greater Houston area? At any given time, this time of year, this year especially, I bet there's 200,000 people have a cold or have the flu. I'll bet you there are. It's frightening. All the medical people will tell you, everybody who, who works in a doctor's office will tell you this has been the worst year they've ever had for flu. Colds and flu. I talked to some hospital people a while back. They had to bring in extra help to cover the shifts because of how much flu and colds and nasty chest infections and bronchitis and all that stuff. Uh, there's there's one worse year on record, at really? least that the CDC has uh, passed, that I think, 20 years. when the bubonic plague spread through the world? Uh, 2013. Really? Was Apparently worse that than year this? was worse. Uh, I'm calling baloney on that. I'm... Mm, I don't know. I don't know, so we'll move on. 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. The only – I've fished in the fog a lot of times, and actually, man, a couple of times flashing back, had boats just come out of nowhere running 25, 30 miles an hour in the fog and almost hit us. Almost hit us. There's a great video on the Internet right now going around, went viral of a couple of people in a boat. It's just like the, almost like the scene out of, uh, what is it? Not Caddyshack. It's, um, oh, it's when Rodney Dangerfield joins the club. What was that? What was that movie? Caddyshack. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it was. When they, yeah, they go down to the marina and the, and the judge is christening his new boat and Rodney comes in with the big boat and just yeah, kind of bumps it. Well, yeah, it was Caddyshack. I was thinking of a different one. I was thinking of, um, back to school. So anyway, in in this video, these I think it's three people, two men and a woman maybe, fishing out of a standard size, standard issue fishing boat in the middle of a river, I believe, or maybe on a lake. And here comes about 30, 35 feet of big boat moving fast, moving straight at them. And it keeps coming and it keeps coming and it keeps coming and eventually just totally wipes out their boat just after, just after all three of them bail out into a cold river. Nobody hurt, I don't believe, but a very close call. And this was on a clear day. That's one thing the the game wardens will all tell you, and statistics will tell you as well. Most boating accidents don't happen on days like this. Most boating accidents happen on clear days. Do you know why, Chris Little? You know enough about, uh-oh, are you busy? No, I'm, uh, did I disturb? I you? am cleaning. Oh, come on! Hey, no, look at that. I know. Okay, on the board and the keyboards. So, it's nasty. Pop question. Then I'm going to go talk to Jeff. Why do most boating accidents happen on clear days? False sense of security. Exactly right. Eh, that's, it's a beautiful that's why day. More, Nothing's going to happen. More likely to get a ticket within two miles of your house. False sense of security. More likely to get in an accident within ten miles of your house. You know what the? Oh, you can. Whatever group the in the old days you would make fun of a particular group for this, but so so this this guy reads that most accidents happen within ten miles of home. You know what he did? He moved. There you go. What's up, Jeff? Hey Doug, how you doing? I'm good, man. Hey, is this show is podcasted, right? Yes. Okay, good. That's what Chris Little tells me. 
<laughs> Hope he's right. Yeah, thumbs hey, up. Let me, ask you, sure, let me ask you something real quick. All I right. got some property in uh, East Texas, and uh, I see lots of, and I know these deer are nocturnal sometimes. Yes. But I see lots of tracks, and uh, but, you know, I just don't see deer during the daylight hours, you know, running around, moving back and forth. And, I mean, we've got some, you know, it's only 245 acres, but we've got some, you know, great hardwood areas, right. uh, great, you know. And I'm just trying to think, what what other way could I increase my deer herd? Well, the, uh, the, the short I answer mean, to that is feed them. You got yeah, any, I got feeders out. You I got, got feeders out. Yeah, but do you have, food, do you have any food around, plots? Close. Do you have any food plots on that place? No, because it's really... Uh, I mean, I, I did. I've got a road that's got about about a fifteen foot easement. Yeah, and I, and I just set up and planted some oats. Okay, it's not a bad idea. And uh, and that's really about the only area I got room for because you know it is timberland. Yeah. Okay. So you and, can't mess with the timber. Is it is it being harvested for timber? Not yet. Okay. No, but there's still a bunch of young trees. I'm thinking five years. I got you. There and there's just no place you could put like a maybe a half acre food plot even. Uh, I'm gonna have to clear some areas out, you know, some some non non right. pine tree areas, but right. uh, you know, what and I was, you know, that? and I heard a guy tell me, you know, that if you keep instead of using little feeders, if you keep the big fifty five gallon drum feeders going year round, that will keep them in the area. But I don't want to waste a bunch of corn either. Well, that's a good point. I mean, how bad do you want those deer in there? You can you can yeah. try to get them back. Um, when do you start feeding? Oh, usually around July. Yeah, yeah, that's plenty of time then. If you're gonna, if they're if they're coming, they're coming then. I'd put some cameras out too and try and figure out when those deer are moving. You might just be missing the movement because they'll move flat in the yeah. middle of the day. If you're sitting out there early and late, hey, can you hang on? I'm going to take a break, but I'll come back. Go I want to talk to you about this. Yeah, hang on Go just ahead. a second, Jeff. All right, good. Now I don't have to rush him. We're finally getting some good weather coming back here for the next few days. Going to be some sunshine. Might not be a bad time to go out and play a little golf. And a good place to go do that would be Black Horse Golf Club, a little south of 290 off Fry Road. Two outstanding courses, you know that, the north and the, take a wild guess, the south. North course, a little more friendly, I would call it. A little more generous, especially for a guy who drives the ball like I does, like I do. How did I do that? Anyway, uh, flashing back to bad drives. So you play the south course, you just... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tighten up your shots a little bit. You navigate your way through this. It's a little more wooded, that's all, but it's a very fair and forgiving course. I'm pretty good at getting out of trees anyway, so it doesn't bother me. Great place to put on a tournament. Great place to just go have a little fun on a on a beautiful afternoon. And I suspect that if you wanted to play this afternoon, if you didn't have anything better to do, you could probably get a tea time. A hmm, little, bit, little bit of an event going on this evening that will pull most of the golfers off the golf course. You'll have it to yourself. Whether it's you and thousand people wanting to raise a bunch of money or just you and a friend wanting to go tee it up black horse will take care of you find out more go to blackhorsegolfclub.com that's blackhorsegolfclub.com we'll take a little break here come right back talk some more deer hunting with jeff
Doug Pike Show on Sports Talk 790. This is Sports Talk 790. Facebook.com slash Sports Talk 790. Back to the Doug Pike Show. Eight fifty two on Sports Talk seven nine. We'll get right back to Jeff here and get back to these deer here. So, so have you got any cameras on the place, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, we got. Um, heck, we got probably yeah, we got cameras everywhere. Yeah, okay. Really, you know, there's a lot of tracks. I mean, yeah. we see a lot of tracks, a lot of big buck tracks, and yeah, we've seen a few doe. Most like on my camera, most of the deer I've seen, you know, and hogs are at night. Right, but yeah, I would just like to see, like when I hunted in the hill country, of course, which I loved, but I can't afford. Sure, uh, you know when I'm walking around or whatever, I like to at least see something running around or driving around. You know, how much how much noise how much noise is on that place driving around and and are zero. You, I zero, mean, it's, yeah, it's, so you keep it's it quiet. Dead okay, dead and I when mean, you it's like in the, it's like in the back of nowhere. Yeah, and you move. I'm I'm guessing from talking to you, you move pretty slow through the woods. You know what you're doing there, and not just snapping twigs every step. Yeah, no, I really yeah. don't. I mean, I usually get in my stand and and that's you just it. sit. I don't, you know, I don't. Uh, it just it just seems like you know, I don't know. I'm so like I said, I'm so you've been hunting the hill country for forty years, and and then I go to East Texas. Yeah, and I think can't find the a deer. deer. Yeah, you well, know, you, know, you can You stop and think about this, Jeff. If you're seeing tracks on a trail. Okay, is yeah, it? We're seeing tracks everywhere. Okay, so yeah. now, but you got to ask yourself a question: Is that is that the tracks of thirty deer moving up and down this trail, or is it one deer went down there thirty times? Yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. There may not be that many deer in there, but yeah. they may just be moving around some. And, and I, I mean, I was like I said, I would like to you know, draw some more deer in, I sure. guess, like you said, the food plots and just keeping feet out year round would be, cause there, I mean, there's some great areas. I mean, it's, you know, it's a great piece. We have, we have water year round. Yeah. So you've got everything. Does. Yeah. I think it's the food that's going to make the difference for you then. Just keep something, keep something handy, keep the groceries out all year round because pine trees aren't really providing a whole lot. And, no. you know, so if there's no other good food source, other than even a feeder, they're yeah, not I mean, going to. They got foliage to eat. I just don't know what what their diet of these Texas deer is. You know. Yeah, I tell you what, I would do if I were you. I'd get a hold of the county biologist that works for yeah. the Parks and Wildlife Department. Have that guy meet you, a man or a woman. It might be who knows. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But have them meet yeah. you at your place and take a little ride around for a few minutes and say, okay, what will the deer eat on this place? How much deer food do you see here? Point it out to me because I'm going to make sure a lot of that grows, and then I'm going to get rid of some of this other stuff because it's grocery. Idea, yeah, oh yeah, and they love doing that. They do, man. Because I don't think, you. like I said, I don't think the timber company is coming in there for at least five years because yeah. their trees are still pretty small, you know. So yeah, well, no doubt you, there's ways you can improve the amount of deer food in there because that's going to be the key. There, there's certainly now, you know if it was a, a forest of of oak trees, I'd say, well, I don't know what the problem is because there'd be acorns everywhere. But yeah, and we have we right. have we have some really good we have some really good hardwood bottom areas that yeah. I, I I scouted and I found, 
And, uh, you know, and so I think the other key is getting light in there for, for different types of foliage. You know? Yeah, you got to get that give that stuff a chance to grow because once that canopy gets pretty thick over the top of it, then what's going to grow on the bottom isn't going to be very attractive to deer. What, uh, what type of, uh, first of all, who was that you said get a hold of, the county biologist? Yeah, there's going to be a, a biologist or a game warden, either one. A game warden would know a lot about it as well. But just get somebody yeah. to meet you at the gate and, and ride around yeah. with you for a few minutes and say, look, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I can do to bring more deer into my place here, short yeah. of putting up a big fence and dumping them out of a trailer. I don't want to do that. I wonder, I wonder if uh, what kind of food plot I could keep out year-round. There's a lot of stuff. There's all kinds of different seed mixes. The main thing, if you go buying those things, is to make sure you're buying something that's that's put together for that region. Cause yeah, exactly. Some of these things, they'll sell you 50 pounds of seeds, guaranteed to grow wherever you put them out, and they got 20 different plants in there, and one of them's going to grow where you are, but they've met their guarantee. So make sure yeah, it's I'll probably, local. I'll probably take some soil samples, too, and send them oh, to yeah. See, now you're, now you're thinking. Now you you're know. turning it into a deer attractant instead of just a bunch of woods. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you got you're on the right track, man. You got hey, uh, your podcast. What do I look up on your podcast? Is it just Doug Pike's podcast or what? Uh, Doug Pike Show? Yes, I think that'll do. Is that correct, Chris Little? Okay. Uh, you go on to uh, Spreaker dot com and you can search uh, the Doug Pike Show or Sports Talk seven ninety. I believe either one of them should pop up. Yeah, Sports seven ninety dot com will get you there as well. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you, Doug. Have yeah, my day. pleasure, man. Good luck. I want to see some pictures, man. Okay, I'll right, send to you. Bye bye. Bye. All right, we got to take a little break here, rejoin the network. When we get back, we'll talk a little golf. We can talk deer. We can do that. We can talk about giant trout in the fog. Oh, don't get me started on my story. Don't get me started on that story. It's pretty awesome. Um, and I've got to go back to an email. Where'd it go from Mojo, by the way, on these fleas? I've got a picture of a product called Revolution, which is... So, according to Mojo, kills everything from ear mites to worms. No living parasitic vermin will bother your animal. Mojo uses Revolution for cats. It's the drops on the back of the neck. No pill hassles. And, yes, it does include heartworm meds. There's another good good plan for that. All right, on the way out, Shipley Donuts. That's a good plan for a morning like this. Load everybody into the minivan. Go get yourself some donuts and kolaches. Maybe a little chocolate milk to wash them down if you want to feel like a kid again. Leave that coffee aside. Man, I've been doing it. I've been eating Shipley Donuts for most of my life, which is a lot longer than a good percent of you have even been on the planet. Five dozen selections, each as good as the others. My son and I went through there again this morning. Yes, we did. Some of the best coffee to ever cross your lips as well. Stop by Shipley anytime. It's on the way to everywhere. Get yourself a cup of that great coffee. And a couple of boxes. You know what? Get four boxes today and save a couple of them for the party later on. Talk about a hit. Put them in the microwave for about five, ten seconds each. Just pop one on a napkin, put it in the microwave, bring it out. It's just like it was made this morning. Your favorite donuts from Shipley. We'll break, rejoin the network, be right back. This is the Doug Pike Show, brought to you by Stub Cycles. Still rolling strong after 50 years. Now, here's Doug Pike. Nine o'clock straight up. We'll get to golf in a minute. Dennis weighed in. We were talking to Jeff about attracting more deer to his place. And he's got year-round water, but he's in the middle of a pine forest, in the middle of a, a growing pine forest that's not really feeding those deer probably from what i understand and what i heard there was a lot of 
the the what underbrush is there is not really deer food. So my best advice is going to be that. And I, Dennis asked the question, "What's around him?" And and I was going to get to that, but I didn't want to devote an entire hour to trying to drag deer into a place. But that's a very good point. He's got to ask himself, okay, if there are more deer around here, why are they not coming on my place? And there's going to be an answer across the fence somewhere. Somehow, some way, those folks are holding the deer. Now, the, the, the other question that I asked him, and I think it's a very valid one in that part of the state, are you seeing the tracks of 35 deer that each walked down the trail one time or one deer that walked down the trail 35 times? And that's where the cameras can come in, especially once those animals start getting antlers again, which won't be long. As soon as those antlers start to pop out, you'll start to see some identifying characteristics. You're going to have to look closer at your pictures than just as, okay, there's a deer, there's a deer. You're going to have to look a whole lot closer and maybe try to figure out which one is which, and then you can start counting deer. You could do a survey at night as well. Go out there with a spotlight at night. This time of year, there's no hunting pressure. No, Don't take a gun with you. There's no reason to have one. That way you won't alert a game warden. Even if you, you see a pig, you won't be tempted to shoot the pig if you don't have a gun with you. And just go out there and ride around and count deer. See how many you've got now. Make some changes to the place. And then see how many you have then. And see if the number goes up. I suspect if he puts out the right food in the right places. He talked about having a 15-foot right-of-way along the road. That's not the most comfortable place for deer to feed. They would much prefer to feed in a little pocket of woods that's been cleared and food been planted in that than along a roadway. Even a, a timber company road in the middle of 250 acres is going to be a road to those deer, and they'll be a little sensitive to just standing around. And by the time you can drive down that road, if there's a turn anywhere, until you get to that turn, every deer around that turn is scattering off the road at the sound of you coming up. You want to see what deer are out there. Uh, you're far better off just walking that road in tennis shoes on a dry day, stay in the dust on a dry day or stay just stay out of the mud and off the dry leaves and you won't make near as much noise it sounds to me like jeff knows how to walk through the woods but if you want to walk down that road and really cover some ground just stay as far as close to the edge of the woods as you can and just ease down that road early early in the morning you don't have to walk the entire place every time you go out just take a section of it and see what you see all right we'll move forward let's go talk a little oh gosh i have how many 14 junk emails since last night. Ooh, I get a lot of this stuff. I do get a lot of this. I get a premium wedge for fifty nine ninety five. You need any premium wedges? No? Okay. Uh, Groupon here for pizza. Imagine that. Imagine that on this day. Groupons for pizza. There'll be a bunch of those sold tonight. What was it we talked about yesterday? 152 million cases of beer, something like that. And that's just, that's over-the-counter sales. That doesn't include uh, your restaurant. home brewing guys. No, I'm not talking about bathtub gin. I'm no, talking, no, no. I'm talking you, about you... restaurants and whatnot. Oh no, no. see, I'm tap because like I brew my own stuff. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. I'm learning more and more about you. Is it any good? 
Or is uh, it just cheap? No, no, no. Like, if it wasn't any good, I wouldn't <laughs> do it. The price is better. The price is right, huh? Oh, um, my word. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do mead, but that's expensive because honey's pricey. Honey? Yeah, mead. How much do you have to have of that? Oh, God, quite a bit. Uh, really? Like 50 ounces for a decent batch. Really? Is that a lot? Yes. So how much you make it? You make it by the bathtub full? Is that what you're doing? No, no, no. You get like a do you five bathe, gallon Chris? jugs at Walmart. Do you bathe? Do you bathe now? You just put beer in your tub. Man, I'm learning a whole lot about you. Whole lot, man. Uh, here's a. This is one of these emails right here, and this is why it's in my junk email because it's from a guy I know, but it's it's so clearly bad. It's just a. Says, sup, Doug. That's it. From a guy who's a grown man who and who would never say, sup, Doug, in his life. But that's what the email says. So I'm going to, there's a little X up here. I think I'm going to select the X and make that one go away. All right. Let's go out to the waste management. What is the official name? Hold on. Let me get to it. Make sure I get it right. Go to the top of the page. This machine, I told Chris a little earlier, this PC in here is is on life support. It's just about done. It's taking forever to load. Chris thinks that just stopping and restarting it will help. As someone I, that used to do IT, yes, I think that would help greatly. Well, it couldn't hurt. Let's put it that way. It took about a minute to load my uh, Outlook, my inbox. The Waste Management Phoenix Open, now I can see it, ongoing out there in Scottsdale, where on number 16 they were first, and then we followed here at the Houston Open. To make 16 the fun par three where everybody... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who's had a couple too many beers and those who just can't keep their mouths shut and proper golf etiquette can hoot and holler or boo as the as the whim crosses them. Any shot made. They're still expected to be quiet before and during the shot. But once the ball's in the air, it's it's Katie bar the door. They can make all the noise they want. Ricky Fowler came out pretty well Thursday and Friday, shot two good round, pair of 66s. And then while everybody else was was roller coastering up and down and and moving in the wrong direction, then in the right direction, nobody was sure who was going to come out where. Even with some better scores shot, Ricky Fowler came out Ahead by himself, one shot at 14 under par over John Rahm, who hopped up the leaderboard six spots yesterday when he shot 65. Fowler at 14, Rahm at 13, going out in the last group. Ches Reeby and Bryson DeChambeau also at 13 under par, but each of them, while well, they posted good scores, 67 68 respectively. But they weren't as good as they were the day prior. I'm a shot or two different. You still all three rounds in the 60s. You can't really argue about that. Xander Schofleek, 12 under par, along with Phil Mickelson, kind of a crowd favorite. He had 
He had as good a crowd as he's ever had follow him winding around behind him yesterday at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And hats off to him. He shot 66. Had 65 on Friday. After starting, by the way, with a 100 par 70 on Thursday. Very, very old manish 70. And then comes up 65, 66 to put himself. He's right in the mix of things. He's only two shots off the lead. That's one mistake. That's one mistake by Fowler, but Fowler's been pretty steady. Now, there was a stretch that Ricky had where he could not make a putt. And then all of a sudden, the light came on. The brain started seeing things and registering and sending messages to the hands. The hands moved the putter. The putter moved the ball, and the ball went in the hole again. Several times, as a matter of fact. Uh, Daniel Berger also at 12. Bo Hostler, Bill Haas, Gary Woodland, Chris Kirk. I'll need to breathe. Brendan Steele and Chesson Hadley all at 11 under par. One sleeve behind Ricky Fowler. The 10-unders are playing for position, I think. I doubt that they'll catch him or anybody else who's making a move. Once you get down to 14th place, which is what 10-under is, T14, uh, you're playing for fun. Back to the emails. Gosh, all of a sudden now it's working. It's working overtime. Hold on. Moves in a lot of directions this time of day. This machine's got problems. Loading, 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 loading. Still trying to load the inbox. Loading, loading. Finally, there we go. Steven weighs in on oh, the fog stories. I love fog stories. If you've got a good one, fishing or hunting or any other outdoor activity, or maybe you just got lost trying to cross a parking lot on a super, super soaker morning. My son and I went hog hunting back at home in Normandy one time. Walk into the feeder and heard them doing their little eating grunts. Then all of a sudden one screamed (laughs) and my son did the same. And so did I. I'm reading this straight up out of nowhere. A little piglet came running our direction, ran about 10 feet from us. We turned and ran back to the truck ourselves. We got in the truck and just laughed and said, we'll wait for the fog to lift a little. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Nah, I won't. He he says here, I know you'll have listeners who call me a sissy, but I don't care. I'll wear the dress. (laughs) You know what? When you're out, and I'll tell you the the sound that'll get your attention, is when when you're in the fog, like Stephen and his son were, and instead of just hearing the little feeding grunts, I'm sure they were excited to hear that. If they could just get to the stand and tippy-toe up in there and wait wait for the fog to lift a little bit, they'd get some good shots at big pigs. But when you're walking to the fog through the fog like that, and you know that there are pigs around you because heard a little grunting here, a little grunting there, and then all of a sudden a big hog fight breaks out in the fog, relatively close to you, and you're standing on a trail with an armload of stuff and nowhere to run and nowhere to climb, that's unsettling. That happened to me once and only once, and. I guess it could happen again because I'm not scared to go walking through the fog again. It's really kind of, it's invigorating. It is. It's. It's. It'll. It'll test you. It'll test your courage. It'll test your determination. It'll test your patience. Man, oh man, you you better be you better be thinking about Plan B if you're running around where there are predators or hogs, and a hog's kind of a double-edged fang if you will a double-edged tooth it can be predator or prey when they're little they're prey 
But once they get to be about maybe 40, 50 pounds, I don't know that anything smaller than a mountain lion would take one on. And I, I think a 100-pound pig could could convince a mountain lion that trying to eat it would be a really bad idea. I do. I, the pigs are just, they're just downright mean and nasty. Groupons coming in, just blowing in, blowing me up. <laughs> Dan weighing in, Stephen weighing in, Joe Black weighing in. Says my spam blocker's not working. We have spam blockers. We have spam blockers. We get emails every day letting us know that we've received potentially bad emails. And, and here's kind of a, a sneak peek at them. If you don't recognize them, don't open them. We we do that. Don't worry. But th- then again, maybe maybe some of the guys who are in here during the rest of the day aren't as particular as I about what we open up. Who knows? I don't know a whole lot. I don't. I know a whole lot more about the outdoors than I do about computers, and that's perfectly fine with me. Frankly, I'm I'm good with that. I think I would honestly rather know how to catch a fish. How to hunt deer, how to hunt ducks and geese, how to hunt turkeys, how to fly fish. I don't care about ice fishing, but I would rather know those things than how to write the simplest computer program to do the simplest thing. And I'm learning. I'm learning along with a bunch of fourth graders at my son's school how to program. And it's pretty cool. We haven't done anything super high tech yet, but for them it's neat. They're making a little robot navigate through a maze. And that's pretty cool. But I'd still rather be fishing. 713-212-5790. Email me, dougpike at iheartmedia.com. Baffin Bay Rod and Gun Club. Oh, excuse me, no club. It's not a club. Sally reminded me of that when they were in town for the Houston Safari Club show. They're coming back, by the way, for the fishing show, which uh, is not that far ahead all of a sudden, now that we've dipped our toe into February. Baffin Bay Rod and Gun is Orvis endorsed not only for fly fishing, but also for wing shooting. It's the only lodge that has that double endorsement in the entire state of Texas. Outstanding trophy trout water, great duck hunting seasonally. Just ask them about this past season. It was awesome. The lodge is fully functional, up and running, and has been for almost two years now. Gosh, you can't believe it's been that long since they reopened. Some of the nicest people you'll ever meet, some of the best guides you'll ever share a boat with you can get gift certificates give one to yourself we're past the official winter holiday season that would be christmas but hey valentine's day is coming up and who loves you more than you give yourself a trip to baffin bay rod and gun if you use the coupon code doug then you and everyone else in your group when you arrive gets free cap that's not a bad deal at all baffin bay rod and gun Great people. No better time than the next, uh, probably the next 60 days or so to go take a swing, make one cast, and have a good chance of catching a trout that's eight pounds or bigger or heavier. Baffin Bay Rod and Gun, that's that website. Go check it out. See for yourself. Baffin Bay Rod and Gun.com. This is Sports Talk 790. Houston Sports Online at Sports790.com. Back. Back to the Doug Pike Show.
How long is this going to go on? Uh, eight seconds. Okay. I can do that. I can do eight seconds. Because I know it. Is this as simple as just good, great guitar players? Uh, not not quite. I mean, there are some amazing guitar players in here, but I would say not just that. Oh, okay, I'm stumped so far. All right, let me go see what's going on with JB here. What's up, JB? Hey there, Doug. How are you, man? I'm Happy good. Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you. Cheers. Um, yeah, I was going to give you. I was not give necessarily give you, but I was going to say that guy that called about not knowing if he had much deer on his place yeah, or anything. Sure. We've got a we've got a big piece. Well, I say big, about nine hundred acres just just west of Lake Livingston, um, and we've got I don't know maybe fifteen plus miles of dirt bike trails that we ride our motocross bikes sure, on, man. right? Yeah, and it's great terrain and all that. But here was the thing I was going to suggest: if if he owns that property and doesn't lease it, if it's not just a deer lease, right. you know what I mean? If it's a paper company, he can't do anything. He's got to leave it the way it is. Yeah. But if he owns that land, he can clear, you know, a couple acres near whatever creek he's got. Oh yeah. Let's say, and it won't cost him any money. If he thinks those pine trees are worth a lot of money, he's mistaken. Yeah. Um, thirty, forty, fifty years ago, my relatives made money selling pine trees. You know, kind of a timber farming type of deal. Right. Those days are over. Those paper companies own so much land now that you can't you can't give your pine trees away right now. So wow, cutting, okay. cutting you a food plot would not cost you much money. He said they weren't even ready to harvest anyway. Right. He was to cut, you know, a little pasture somewhere. It won't cost him anywhere near what he thinks it is. If he thinks those trees are worth money right now, they're not. Hopefully that'll come back because it would help benefit my family as well. But that's just not the way sure. it is right now. So if he was to build a food plot, you know, just just disc a food plot by by his water source. You know, even just two or three acres, man, that would do a that would make a world of difference to how many deer were on his property. Yeah, my wheels are turning right now, JB. What I'm thinking is you build that food plot about maybe eighty or a hundred yards away from that water source and then put a stand about right in the middle. That's exactly you know? that's exactly what we already have. I oh, don't even yeah. I'm not even a deer hunter because I'm not into trophies. Sure. We want a bunch of trophies racing dirt bikes when we're little, and Attaboy. they don't mean nothing. You ain't a professional. You know what I mean? If you're if you're in the if you're at Energy Stadium winning races, yeah, that's real matter. Yeah. But yeah. if you're just some amateur guy paying money to race, you know that's <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, you I bought do know that trophy. What you mean. you yeah. bought the trophy. So the what only, good is it? The only trophy I got from motocross racing is a broken hand. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm, sounds about yeah. right. And a big old gouge in a helmet. I was out. I got knocked out for about, I don't know, I went over the handlebars at about 60 and, and hit a oh, wow. rock. Yeah, I put a big well, gouge in my helmet and knocked me smooth you're lucky, out. You're lucky to only have broken your hand. Oh, right? yeah, I was. I was very lucky. I was able, no able to load the bike myself and go in. It's, it's a long I knocked story. myself off a mountain bike one time going under a limb. Let me correct you. Yeah, you, you almost went under the limb. Yeah, I almost went of the limb. It didn't knock me <laughs> off the bike, of course. And if I hadn't had a helmet on, there's no telling. You know that could, I, yeah. that could have been a death blow. So, yep. by the way, just so you know, you 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 uh, you talk about motorcycles and stuff for your sponsors. Sure. And 
Everybody better be wearing a helmet. Isn't that the truth? And, and the bicycles, too. I used to laugh at the bicycle helmets. Like, come on, you know. And, right. and when I first started snowboarding, no, man, I want the wind in my face and my, you know, get my hair blowing and all that stuff. No, I'm wearing a helmet, man. I'm not Absolutely. stupid. Absolutely. It's more comfortable anyway. It's it, more honestly, comfortable. It, yeah, I put a little a little ski cap on and then put that helmet over that and your ears yep. stay warm. Oh, I love it, man. No doubt. No doubt. You have a great Super yeah. Bowl, man. Hey, thank you, JB. I appreciate yes, it. JB makes a great point. You put, a, you, and we talked about this with Jeff, you, you put a couple of food plots out there. They don't have to be big, but they have to be available year-round. And there are things you can plant year-round that will keep those deer happy, keep them quiet, keep them in that area. And Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll attract new deer. There's, I want to say it's, depending on the food availability, you can, you can grow about, one deer for every 10 acres of your place. You can have that many on your place and and still keep them pretty happy, provided they have enough food. If there's no food, there are going to be no deer. So seeing tracks doesn't mean a whole lot. It just means at some point recently, at least one deer came up and down this track or this trail several times. But just like JB was talking about, he's got miles of dirt bike trails. They like to ride dirt bikes on the place. I'm sure it's pretty noisy. I'm sure there's noise around that place all the time. And those deer will become acclimated to the noise and stay there. There's a a more likely chance of that, of deer staying in a noisy place that's got a lot of food, than deer staying in a quiet place that has no food. Because they can't eat quiet. They can eat food, and they have to have it that and water. You put that food source about 100, 150 yards from the water, they don't have a problem walking back and forth between them, and they'll wear a nice, fresh track, nice, fresh trail for you to uh, for you to put a deer stand near. If you're a bow hunter, put it right on the trail. Just put a little tree stand, put one of those little shimmy-up tree stands in there. Go in there, hike your way up the tree, and sit and wait. They'll be there. I like ground stands, honestly, especially at a setup like that. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be a great place to put one of the new, the new ground blinds that came out at Shot Show. There are some of them that are essentially windowed, three hundred sixty degrees. It's not you, you look out a little peephole to the north, then you got a, uh, I don't know what's here. I don't know. Now there's a peephole to the east, then there's a peephole to the south, then a peephole to the west. No, they've got window three hundred sixty degrees. The other thing I like about the new ground stands that are going to be out for next year, next year. Well, they're out now. They will, but once they get shipped, Shot Show just finished up. All the orders were placed. They may ship two, three months from now. But a lot of them, instead of instead of that sugar cube shape, you've got the, the top, the sides, and the bottom. They are random shapes, which is going to make them all the easier to hide. You're not going to have to put as much brush on them. You're not going to have to worry as much about where you put it. And you combine that with 360-degree looks, you're going to be in really good shape. 
What are you wanting to stay right on time or something? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. Mike weighed in, too. He was confirming what I said. A little clearing in the brush. Way better than uh, 80 to 100 yards away could be your deer stand. Yeah. They have more hog traffic than his neighbors. They also could be keeping some of the deer away. That's a very good point. You might want to thin those hogs. If you well, I got tons of hogs. I don't know why I don't have any deer. It's because you got tons of hogs. And you got to shoot a lot of them to keep up with reproduction. At any level, an active shooter is just one guy. And whether he's shooting at you and you or a bunch of people, there's nobody has a better chance of getting you out of their hole than you. You can't wait. You can't rely on making a phone call. Oh, my goodness, there's something happening over here. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We'll be there in four minutes. Four minutes is an eternity when something like that's going on. You need to react. You need to react correctly, and you need to get yourself safe. And whether you are or are not armed in a situation like that, there are things you can do to protect yourself and the people around you, keep you from being a victim of something like that. Texas Law Shield is going to help you learn about that, learn about when you can and when you cannot draw and or fire that weapon of yours the subtleties of gun laws and we can we can protect ourselves in texas with lethal force if necessary that's not an issue but you got to know the law to make sure you do it right gunlawseminar.com go there find a seminar near you there's small venues and you might as well get in line somewhere and go learn get in there sit down with people who think like you who want to protect themselves and their families just the same way you do and learn gunlawseminar.com that's gunlawseminar.com we'll break and be back 9 30 your rockets and astros live here we are sports talk 790 the conversation continues this is the doug pike show Where's my music? I I don't know. I need my song. I, it, how can I possibly? It was supposed to be. It, it just mm. cut out. I saw it in the system, and now it's just gone. It was supposed to be American Woman by The Who. Great okay. song. Okay, let me write that down. In, I'm trying to it, figure out what you're doing. It's weird. In our system, we have two copies of it, and one of them is just nothing that says it's five minutes long. Hmm. So. Well, now I'm confused. That just doesn't seem to fall into anything. Had, I mean, it's it's got good guitar riffs in there. Well, yeah, but it's not. That's not Carlos Santana guitar quality. They're just they're just good. Well, ask ask mm. your audience mm. as you normally do to get so all let's these let's run the well let's run the rack here. We've got the Grateful Dead, "Good Loving" by the Grateful Dead. We've got anywhere from Carlos Santana. What was that third one? Was that Hendrix? Uh, Hendrix was in there with Little Wing. Yeah, okay. And then American Woman from The Who. Is that all of them? Uh, there was also Credence Clearwater Revival. I forgot that one. What song? Proud Mary. I have no idea. Uh, I'm, I'm sure someone in your audience knows. They're old enough. Well, that's a glowing endorsement. Old enough, but not too old to have just quit. Is that what you're saying? My is it my audience is old. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm saying you have an older audience. Yeah, older than what? Dirt. Careful. I I know that some of your audience is older than you, and they could have. I'll have Joe Black come down here and just pop you right in the nose. 
I'm just saying they could have been <laughs> been around for this event. Oh my! Oh, an event. Oh, okay, there you go. okay, okay. I got it now. I got it now. All right. Yeah, now I get it. You just you just handed it to me. That's okay. I'll take that as well. All right. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety. Email me Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Got a really good email from Dennis. We're going back to Jeff's deer lease and trying to find figure out why there aren't more deer and maybe get a few more. Dennis writes, he had a lease in Fort Stockton years ago. Hunting truck painted the same color as the truck owned by the guy who owned the ranch. Worked wonders. Deer were accustomed to the color. Very familiar with it, very accustomed to it. That's why if you there's a lot of things that you'll realize how how uh, deer will will get comfortable with repetition. Bill Carter's a master of it. His place down in in Laredo, San Burrito. Same two guys start at one end of the ranch and the other. It's a very long, uh, uh, I would say narrow, but the width, the the length is more than ten miles. I want to say it's about twelve miles long by about two miles wide. It's a big place, and one guy starts on one end and one guy starts on the other, and every day same time they run it and they throw out the protein feed and fill the corn feeders and do that always and these deer are very comfortable around those same two trucks you put any other truck on the road and turn a corner they're gone they're gone when you take pictures on that place the rule is yes you can ride in the feed truck but in the back of that feed truck there are canvas curtains that stay pulled all the time, every day, and you have to wear a face mask. You, you, they just don't get to see people other than those two people who feed them every day. They don't get to see people. If you're driving around on that ranch at night, no headlights, no taillights. He even, he even covers his taillights on his vehicles. Coming in in the mornings, sorry, no lights. If you can't get there in the dark, you can't get there, period. Good stuff. Good stuff. That's why in a lot of places... Uh, you'll see that the deer, when you turn a corner, as long as you stay in the truck, the deer will stand there calmly. As soon as you open a door, gone. Because they know that 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 can lead to trouble. That can lead to trouble. Well, you just slowly roll the window down? Well, I suppose you can't slowly do it now that there are electric windows. Yeah, they're all electric now. Sometimes you just can't get the window down. And that that can be really stressful in some vehicles depending on what was served for dinner the previous night. That can be really stressful. 713-212-5790. Email me, Doug Pike at iHeartMedia.com. Hey, Deer Camp's Deer Camp, man. It can get pretty rough. I'm just saying. You ever you ever spent a couple of days in a deer camp or a fishing camp at all? Uh, I have not. It can get pretty rough. I'm just saying. And it's a really good thing. I am I am so glad, so glad that more and more women are getting involved in hunting and fishing now because... It just it just elevates the whole thing, honestly. Uh, guys, guy, it's not suddenly. Amazingly, suddenly, it's not okay for guys. To, oh, we're just guys being guys. If you you put a woman in camp, and suddenly they tend to mind their manners a little bit more. It's a little more palatable, a little more pleasant to be in the in the place. I'd just as soon go sit in the deer stand all day, pack a little lunch. And the good news that we, since we're just neck deep in deer hunting right now, there was a study done, by the way, for those of you who say, well, sure, you can sit in that deer stand a long time, but 
What if nature calls? Well, it's okay. The, the, the smells of human urine don't bother deer at all because they don't really associate that with a predator. They really won't connect it to people. It's just, it's just okay, there's some other animal around here, and even if they do associate it with you, they still may not associate it with big trouble. So if you have to go and you're in the deer stand, just go. You don't have to fill up two-liter jugs of old soft drink bottles and all of that and try to cart it out of the stand. You got to go, just go. There was one place I hunted one time, had these elevated blinds, spit it out, elevated blinds about six, eight feet off the ground. And from the inside of the blind to the ground ran a garden hose into a hole. This it was just it just disappeared into the ground. Not an open hole, but it just the garden hose just kind of disappeared in there and then ran up into the stand and in the stand was an old um oil funnel. Like you kind of you know, the red funnels you'd use to fill your car with oil. Had one of those in the blind. That was the facilities. That was pretty high-tech blind back in the day, and that was good stuff. All right, we move forward. I mentioned a little while ago that this is a really good time to be trout fishing along the coast, and the Texas' biggest trout, of course, they are in Baffin Bay. Nobody's nobody's going to challenge that. If they do, they're they're foolish. And Baffin Bay in better shape than it's ever been in, probably, or at least as good as it's ever been. Water's very clear now. You can go down there, and if you can ease around and – in the right areas where all those big rocks are that tend to hold those fish in the bait. And you can actually punch them into your GPS now because you can see them. You may not, may not exactly catch a whole lot of fish around them if you're, if you're easing up close enough to mark them on your GPS. But, hey, at least next time you go down there, you'll know where they are, and you can slip up on them and maybe catch some fish on them before they know you're there. The point I'm getting to, though, is that you don't have to go halfway across the state to find good trout fishing or to find big trout you may have to redefine big because up here in the galveston bay system a six pounder is a really big trout a six pounder is a really big fish down in baffin man six pounder that's cute and all but let's let's keep fishing up here six to eight pounds a very reasonable expectation this year if you're in the right places you've got to remember that we're still in winter the fish know that these shorter days mean there's still a chance that they could get surprised by the, they don't have the weather channel. They don't have Siri and Alexa to tell them what the forecast is. They just have to swim around and hope it doesn't get cold. As such, they will never let themselves get too terribly far from deep water refuge, someplace where they can get out of the cold before it kills them. So if you find access to deeper water, you find any bait in an area and maybe all oh, thigh to waist deep water, uh, there's a pretty good chance there'll be some big trout hanging around there this time of year. Pretty good chance big trout by the definition of the bay in which you're fishing hanging around there. Now, one of the keys to big trout catching, not big trout fishing, big trout fishing anywhere you go, you're always hoping you get one. But actually catching one is having the patience to stand there and throw and throw and throw and throw. The patience and the confidence because we're not talking about going out and getting 40, 50 bites in a day. We're talking about getting 
maybe two, three bites in an entire day of standing relatively in the same spot and throwing and throwing and throwing. Those fish don't even eat every day, even if there are a bunch of fish on that flat. If they ate yesterday, there's no guarantee they'll eat today. They're eating big prey. The ones that Cliff Webb and I got into years ago had fish, including mullet and other speckled trout, in their in their stomachs that were longer than a foot. They'd already eaten something that big, and on that same day, we're looking to top off the tank with our little topwaters. Well, little, they were, what were we throwing? Uh, jumping minnows, I think it was the topwater du jour back then. And boy, were they eating them up. It was good stuff. Let's go talk to David here. What's up, David? Yeah, Doug, uh, quick question for sure. you. You know, we know that, we know that, that the different periods of uh, diminishing periods of daylight is what causes deer to go into rut. Uh, a lot of guys are out there waiting for the white fish to start spawning. What, you bet. And I may have asked you this question before, but I want to hang up and listen. But what is it that causes uh, fish to know that it's time to go into spawn? Is it temp- water temperature or daylight? Anyway, I'm going to hang up and listen, okay? All right, man. Thank you. Easy question. It's primarily photo period. Temperatures fluctuate, boy, especially where we live, huh? We went from, what, 19 degrees or something, or 20-something to 76 within the span of about three days. So temperature doesn't fool them into thinking anything. It's photo period. If you got Now, there's general seasonal temperatures that will, you know, you can look at average temperatures over a particular season, and, and that's that's a hint. They know the difference between 90-degree water and 50-degree water, but it's primarily photo period. How long are the days? And right now the days are about a minute longer than they were a few weeks ago. And they're going to continue to get longer. And as they get longer, the fish know that they're coming out of winter. Can they still get cold water? Of course. Bass get trapped like that all the time. They'll go up in there, get a nice stretch of three or four days of warm water and big bright sunlight. Holy cow, here we go. They'll run in there and spawn or get ready to start building nests. And all of a sudden, here comes another front. And up the farther up in Texas you go, obviously, the greater chance of a little freeze popping in there. So that, that can be really bad for the bass spawn. But along the coast especially, it's almost exclusively photo period. You talk to the people down at Sea Center, Texas, in Lake Jackson. Go back in there and get a tour sometime. The behind-the-scenes tour, not just the, the walkthrough of the aquariums. Go back behind the scenes and see all the spawning areas, and it's always light. And they can manipulate the light in any of those takes to be 12 hours of daylight, 10 hours of daylight, 8 hours of daylight, whatever it takes to trick those fish into spawning. And they can accelerate that enough that the redfish, instead of getting one spawn a year out of them, they can get two. They can trick those fish into thinking an entire year has passed, and up oh, here comes fall again, we better start after it. And they get that many more that many more eggs, that many more opportunities to grow out redfish to throw into the bays. Photo period. That's about it. Yes, I know, Mr. Little. I am keenly aware. I was just having to explain a very important marine fisheries biology topic. No, no, I, I appreciate I know, the conversation. Yeah, but now now you're now you're saying, but hey, hush up and let's get after it. I got it. Hey, if you like hitting golf balls as much as I do, but you also, the photo period's kind of getting in your way. It gets dark pretty early still, and you can't get out by by the end of your work. You finish work, you drive home, 
That's ah, dark. Can't go to the range. You can if you go to Marty Golf Center over on the west side of town, Derry Ashford at Beechnut. Big, big new lights out there, brighter than ever, Chad Marty tells me. Brighter than ever. Tens of thousands of new golf balls, too. He keeps those golf balls circulated, so if you hit a good shot, you see the results of a good shot. They don't go knuckleballing off somewhere because they've been out in circulation for six months or a year. 180 yards of lighted tee area. That means you get to hit off good turf every time you go. Good turf. Chad's a great teacher, great club fitter as well. He he loves helping people. However good or not good you are, you can get better under the wing of Chad Marty. Convenient to anybody on the west side, Derry Ashford at Beach Nut, Marty Golf Center. Check them out online, martygolfcenter.com. That's martygolfcenter.com. We'll take a little break, come back to wrap it up. It's 947. This is Sports Talk 790. Breaking sports news on Facebook 24-7. We'll get that information to them. This is the Doug Pike Show. More Santana, that's good stuff. Because I know, I figured it out. We talked. He gave it away. When he accused my audience of being old, and I'll let you guys work him over for that. And then he said, to have remembered this event. Okay, all of us who are just a tad older than the middle, we're a little over the middle, will remember that, well, I didn't, I wasn't old enough to go, frankly. Let's see. Uh, no, I wouldn't have been old enough to go, but I certainly do remember Woodstock, 1969, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so all of these artists, that would be the Grateful Dead, Carlos Santana, uh, The Who, Creedence Clearwater Revival. All of them performed, amongst many others, at Woodstock. And the funny part about Woodstock is of all the people there, thanks to it being the time in American history than it was, probably about half of them don't even remember being there, let alone who was performing. Um, I you saw know? I saw some video and Woo! some of those performers. Oh man, they were so out of it. They were every bit as out of it as their audience. It was kind of a mutual messed up society for days, days on end. And the the interesting thing that the promoters were told by many many people of this event, that's ah, not going to work. Nobody's going to come to that. It's kind of stupid concert out in the country. Eh, nobody's in an open field. And now it's it's known as one of the, if not the biggest concert in music history. I, you know, I don't know what would, at the time for, if you take into account the the logistics of getting there, because now it's very easy. You just jump on a plane and you fly somewhere and you rent a car and you drive to a venue for whatever big event's going on. But back then, the effort it took to get to that little field in New York that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. A lot of people worked very hard or skipped work very hard to attend Woodstock. I just hope some of them remember it. And maybe they'd rather not. Maybe some of them who do probably would rather not. I would think that would be the case as well. I would be willing to bet also that a lot of people are reminded of Woodstock about every Father's Day or Mother's Day. It's a crazy place. All right, 713, well, no, we're just about running out of time. I I will remind you, speaking of old people, 
since you so so cavalierly uh, brushed us aside and pushed us out into the pasture. Hey, no, for for my generation, we look at Woodstock as as this fantastic thing, right? It's it's legend to us. And then why can't you recreate it somewhere? Where where would you do it? First of all. Who would you put in it? I mean, you, you don't have performers. Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber. You don't of have performers like you had back yeah, then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. All right, moving on. Let's, let's get off of that. I, I do want to remind you, though, those of, those of you for whom this will apply, to whom this will apply, that 50 Plus, the other show that I host uh, here for iHeartMedia, airs today twice. Once this morning at 11 o'clock on KPRC, AM 950, and then again this afternoon at 4, plenty of time to still watch the football game, on KTRH. This week on that show, amongst other guests, I have a guy named Sandy Dean. And for those of you who are old enough, you will remember him as one of the founding members, the original members of Jay and the Americans. And uh, that was a great interview. One of the one of the questions he started singing in high school with three of his friends, Street Corners in New York, kind of like the the Four Seasons and a lot of those bands back then. A lot of those groups started on street corners, uh, working on their harmonies. And the the question I asked him, and it took him aback a little bit, but he had a good answer. I said, "What was better? What was better for? What did the girls like more? The guy, the four guys who could sing, or the football team?" There's this little pause. He goes, "About the same." So it worked out pretty good then, huh? Pretty good, yeah. Pretty good. Sandy Dean, great interview. Uh, More good content on this uh, edition of 50 Plus. I hope you get a chance to listen. Mr. Little, do you have, aside from the Super Bowl, any ball sports for us? That's the only ball sports people are going to be watching today is the Super Bowl. Yes, but they may have been watching the Rockets and the Cavaliers last night. Uh, well, the I'm Rockets to groom crushed for this. the Cavaliers. Well, now, there, see, you've done it without your music bed, so now you can't use that. Well, no, you can tell the full score. Go ahead, t- start your music, and uh, tell I, me what's going on. Or do you even need music for this I, one? I, I mean, that, that's it. They, they crushed them. I think they, they led by 30 points. 120 to 88. Night. 120. Yeah, I, was, I watched a little bit, and then it was like, really, I'm not going to watch all this. This is just horrible. Yeah, I, the, the closest to score, the score was tied at one point. Do you realize that? You don't remember that? Zero, zero. Right when they stepped onto the court. Yeah, I had you. Boy, I just roped you right in. Oh, that was too easy. That's There's a joke. Maybe in your circle you could pull this off. The joke is, I'll bet I can tell you the score of today's Super Bowl before it even starts. And the answer is, of course, zero to zero. Yeah. Take your shot, man. Take your chances. <sighs> Did the Dynamo play recently, or have they... Uh, no, they they finished up. They finished up, or they're about to start again. They they uh, no, take no, no. They're they're done with their postseason, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes, I think so as well. But the I th- the team to watch, the two teams to watch right now, are the Rockets and the Astros. The Astros go back to work in about a few weeks. Pitchers and catchers will go down to Florida. We got we got preseason coverage here on uh, Sports Talk Seven Ninety. They're in West Palm Beach. I've got to find a way to get down there. Uh, I'm working on a, a promotional deal that will send some listeners down on behalf of a client of mine to spring training, and I might just have to go, not because I want to go. I'd love to go watch some spring training baseball, of course, but where they play is about 30 minutes probably from some of the best snook and tarpon and big speckled trout fishing on the planet. Down right around, mm, around where my buddies from DOA Lures are. 
Stewart, Florida. And I got a great place to stay down there, too. That's something else. Those, those baseball players who like to fish, and there are several of them who do, would be wise. I wonder if any of them listen to this show. I'd be curious. They would be wise to contact me and let me tell them where to go stay down there, where they're just right on the river, and they could they rent a boat. I can, well, they, they'd be better off hiring a guide, frankly. But I could, I could go down there now. I've been down there enough times and know my way around well enough, as would any Texan who's been down there three times. You make three three-day trips to Stewart, Florida, learn the ropes, learn the spots, learn the tides, and you can go down there and, and really wear them out. A big snook, uh, great tarpon fishing up the river seasonally on the right time. Got Mark, Mark Nichols and I got into some tarpon, into rolling tarpon anywhere from, oh, these fish were 20 to 100 pounds. Uh, schools of 30-pounders, schools of 60-pounders. It was amazing. And we were flipping his shrimp out to him and just wearing them out. Just wearing them out. Also some big snook. That's the biggest snook I've ever seen. Almost at my feet one day. The sun angle was bad. I'm flashing back to some great fishing. Snook fishing much better in Texas now, too, by the way. Okay, we've got a football game this afternoon. I've got two football games to coach. If you want to see some real football, come out there to... What is that? River, it's not Riverstone. It's the other one. I don't remember. What? It doesn't matter. All right, north of Greatwood somewhere. We're playing... Get outside, have some fun with your family. The rain's over. Go get them. Adios. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.